Hello and welcome to your Actives Beyond the Byline podcast. I am Evgiori and today we're looking into Ursula von der Leyen's decision to rerun for the EU Commission presidency. Ending months of speculation, Ursula von der Leyen told members of her conservative CDU party in Germany on Monday, February 19th, that she was seeking a second term. In a speech where she vowed to defend the bloc from forces determined to divide it, Ursula von der Leyen set herself to be the frontrunner, as her centre-right party is forecast to win the most seats in June's EU elections, after which the biggest party gets the right to nominate the next commission president. But to break down what this bid for a second five-year term means for the Commission's president, the upcoming parliamentary elections and the future of the Green Deal, we're joined by Nick Alipur, Euractiv's Berlin-based correspondent on politics. Nick, you were following Monday's meeting of the Christian Democratic Union CDU party in Berlin, where the official announcement was made. So how was the atmosphere there? The atmosphere was was um, very grand, I have to say, because as you know, um, German parties regularly hold press conferences on Mondays. So this is a regular thing. However, it's very much, it looked different. There was decoration that was specifically brought up for, for the for the course. Um, you had the press person dressing up in a, in my opinion, a very daring outfit in yellow and blue. Uh, so there was, the people were aware that this is different. And you know, you can tell that when, um, you know, there's a specific, There's certain people in the press corps in Berlin that show up to these kinds of events. They normally cover the government. They cover the big events. They were all there. Um, so, so what it shows really, I think, is there is an intense interest in this election. Um, and it also shows perhaps that um, this interest might be focused specifically on von der Leyen, maybe not so much on, on the other parties, but von der Leyen really catches attention for this election. In nominating von der Leyen, the CDU has showcased its pragmatic approach, prioritizing utility over affinity. However, tensions persist within the party, stemming partly from differences in agenda priorities. The Green Deal could be described as the bone of contention between VDL and her party, the Christian Democratic Union CDU. How are things on that matter and how does this translate on an EU level? The CDU has done what it is most famous for as a party of power, which is clenching its teeth and, you know, going for someone they do not quite love that much. You know, there's sympathy because she's in power and she's she's important. She's boosting the CDU on a global stage. But there are various reasons why the CDU is not really warm with her on that note. Um, it just looks beyond the problems. And if you if you indulge me, basically bear with me because there's quite a long story as to what it is between von der Leyen and her party that, that is so problematic. And, you know, the very first bit obviously is the CDU does not love von der Leyen's agenda from her first term. Pretty much her flagship agenda was the Green Deal, you know, green regulation and and uh, and basically preparing Europe for the green transition. That did not go down well with the CDU, which is more traditionalist on that note. It has strong ties to the industry, to small and medium um, business owners, meaning there was a lot of things like the increased bureaucracy, the increased regulation, um, the car industry having to change, um, that the leaders of the CDU and its Bavarian sister party, the CSU, um, probably thought it was hard to sell to their core voter base. 
Now, a lot of people are comparing Ursula von der Leyen to Angela Merkel, not only due to their different backgrounds, but also due to their political agendas. What is exactly the focus on and why is this comparison happening? Um, if you remember um, the term of Angela Merkel as a chancellor, that was the same back and forth we had back then. Angela Merkel, sort of a very centrist politician, having to, to deal with a party that's more right-wing um, And the party was like, you know, let's go for it. It's, it's fine. As long as we're in power, we can somewhat work past the differences. So the other thing that is perhaps different from Angela Merkel is that von der Leyen is quite a different type of politician. She is, she has a lot more, um, she's more vain than Merkel, you could say. She's also more elitist. Merkel came from a, you know, small bourgeois household. The father was a, a, a priest. Um, and, and von der Leyen comes from the family of one of the most important politicians, regional politicians in Germany, in the the from the 70s to the 90s pretty much or late 80s so she grew up rubbing shoulders with leaders and um was not much of a bread and butter politician she's the child of of the elite a child of the elites basically and for that reason i think she she's not the person who would go into the city of voter base and talk to people and 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 make friends uh, at the local level and run amongst other things on a party list in Lower Saxony, which she's not doing for the European uh, elections, because it's probably not quite her thing. So the commission presidency, where she's only talking to high profile leaders, is a great thing for her, but it also means she's not particularly um, well liked or um, at the CDU base. Um, so th there is something about her uh, that does not quite go down well with the CDU. And the CDU, to wrap it up, has, has not like that, but has pressure points this time because she has, they have to nominate von der Leyen. So and they will make sure that the conversation that von der Leyen is having during the campaign and during her second term is going to sound a bit more um, like what they want to hear and a bit less um, like the Green Deal von der Leyen that we heard in the first term. And the mood surrounding von der Leyen's nomination reflects a nuanced acceptance rather than enthusiastic endorsement within the CDU. Despite reservations, her global influence and alignment with the party's power objectives are acknowledged. There were some initial reactions to her announcement by members of the CDU and the European People's Party, EPP, which has still to confirm her candidacy during its party congress in Bucharest in early March. How do you see this panning out? Um, yes, I mean, I think there was overall a um, a mood of, uh, as with the CDU, of like a tacit approval. One is not quite enthusiastic about her, but um, she has really shaped this office and become a strong um, voice for the EPP, even at a global stage. You know, she's said to have good ties with uh, the, the American president, for example. And again, you know, the Christian democratic right, the center right, they are known for boosting boosting candidates that have a chance to securing in, uh, power and staying there. And so I would be surprised if there were significant pockets of resistance to her. We already had first reactions coming in from EPP leaders with um, Donald Tusk in Poland and um, Mitsotakis in Greece, both backing von der Leyen um, vocally. Friedrich Maas, the CDU leader, said that he wanted von der Leyen to, to be unanimously backed by the EPP uh, in Bucharest and that he will make sure that happens. Now, I don't I'm not sure this will happen. I don't think this is enough to, to call this a test for von der Leyen if she gets unanimous support. But if it doesn't happen, I think it, it does say, say that perhaps the CDU's 
reach is not as far as they would like and perhaps there is more um, dissonance than than one would have liked to, to see in the run-up to the election. And the, the second thing that will be decided at the Congress is the manifesto. And the manifesto will be one thing that she might be um, less comfortable with because that's decided by all the delegates. So I think one, one big question, one thing to observe is how will that manifesto look and will it be one that she she um, would be comfortable running with or would that have um, include any challenging points that one can hold against her? And could the manifesto be a deal breaker for von der Leyen? I think she's known to be a very flexible politician um, and to work with the things that people give her. So, you know, the Green Deal wasn't her idea, but the, she depended on the approval of a green leading parliament. So she went with it. And likewise, I think she will deal with um, a right leading manifesto in the same way. However, one thing, for example, that I think is interesting is uh, the draft manifesto included a line saying returning competences from the EU to the member states should be discussed, something the CDU crossed out from its uh, uh, overall principal manifesto draft uh, this year. There is a prevailing expectation that major member states will rally behind von der Leyen, except Hungary due to Viktor Orban's reactions. But how do you see this evolving? Are there European leaders that are a bit more skeptical of her second term as commission president? There is a sense that the large member states will, despite any adherence to opposing uh, party groups, probably support her, um, except perhaps Hungary and, and Viktor Orban, because they have a personal feud, obviously, for the rule of law story that's been playing out. Um, there are some concerns that, that come from France about her leadership style, um, her being perhaps a bit too too much of a one-woman show um, and, and running her own uh, unilateral Uh, campaign in the office rather than consulting with um, with uh, her with her allies I think that's that's a concern that the French have in particular what we heard from the liberals the um, liberal uh, chief uh, Valérie Ayer of the um, in the European Parliament has has um, spoken out what she was more concerned about is that von der Leyen allies with the liberals in the second parliament because she's worried about a right-wing shift and von der Leyen would be a centrist force so you see there's sympathy towards her and people are wanting her to, to work with them and pleading with her to do that because they're worried more worried about a right-wing shift than than a second presidency for von der Leyen the same with the SND you know and Pedro Sanchez the Spanish uh, SND prime minister is actually known to be a supporter of von der Leyen and will probably back her as well we haven't heard any dissenting voices um, on that beyond the usual opposing criticism of the campaign from the SD. So now the one thing where I think it gets more tricky is perhaps Italy, the ECR, and and um, a few right-wing populists in government here and there, because Meloni is said to be friendly, you know, she's an ECR um, prime minister in Italy, is said to be friendly with uh, von der Leyen, but her coalition partner Lega is not, and her party is also not so much. So Um, she might back von der Leyen, but she has to sort of keep a balance with um, her allies in Europe and Italy. But overall, you know, these are small things. What I feel like is uh, the question is, obviously, for her confirmation, will she have a qualified majority against herself? And the answer is, with everything that we've heard, that seems hard to imagine at the moment. And all eyes are on the Greens these days as they face a complex situation regarding von der Leyen's potential second term. Given her track record on the Green Deal which they do want to continue. They want to continue with the green policies. But now the election predictions show a rise on the far right. So there is a question on how well these two factors will be balanced out by VDL. 
The Greens are obviously a bit of a tricky question as well because they were very much in favor of uh, of the Green Deal and von der Leyen has delivered on that. That's what the um, German Greens told me. Um, the German Greens also will have to um, give up their right to nominate a German commissioner if von der Leyen uh, gets a second term because uh, they have that right uh, fixed in the German coalition agreement. And it seems that they, they're also happy to do it. So, you know, all that tricky bit of, of them... Um, having to back a Christian Democratic uh, president, it doesn't seem also tricky for them because von der Leyen has delivered on their green policies last term. I think there's concern that this might stop with a right-leaning, perhaps a right-wing shift that is indeed um, feared to be uh, happening to the parliament in, in, in the next term. I think the way the Greens approach this is in a pragmatic, a pragmatic way, which is also pleading for von der Leyen's to, to work with von der Leyen to make sure this right-wing sh shift doesn't happen and their policies keep getting uh, the attention that, that they want them to get. And do you think that the Green Deal is going to be again a centerpiece of her campaign? Or do you think that she will deviate a little bit from that so then she can uh, better her relationship with the EPP? So a lot of the Green Deal policies are already enshrined into law at either European level or already the national level as well. Um, so a rollback should be harder. One thing that, ironically, again, von Leyen's own party or their sister party, the CSU, has been holding up as a campaign promise, uh, Manfred Weber, the elite candidate of the CSU, is uh, that they will roll back the de facto ban on combustion engines at the EU level uh, from 2035. So that, that was a, a very important piece of the Green Deal legislation. And uh, the fact that her own party campaigns against it says something. I personally think it will be hard to, to get there because I think everyone else just wants to move on. But this is the most significant piece where I can see some trouble ahead. The, um, the, the, the major challenge, I think, will rather be for von der Leyen if she will be able to continue to back um, to back policies, uh, green policies in particular. And here, this will be tougher with the right-leaning parliament. Um, you also know that uh, the EPP probably, according to the projections we have, will be the party in parliament against which no majority can be formed. Von der Leyen will have to keep the EPP happy And the EPP wants to talk about competitiveness and, um, and abolishing regulation. The EPP does not want to talk about new green regulation. So this will also be a balance that von der Leyen will have to strike if she wants to implement more um, green policies. That would be really tough or any more green regulation in particular. As von der Leyen embarks on her second term, the EU Parliament's newfound strength and potential rightward shift Post challenges. So, what can we expect to be different on this second term for Ursula von der Leyen? We know that von der Leyen is facing a an EU parliament that is stronger than ever. Because if it is true that the the as the polls indicate that the parliament will shift to the right, all of a sudden you have people having more power who do not play the games, uh, the EU sort of majority centrist game that the Liberals and the SND and the Greens have been playing they will be more of a spanner in the works. And von der Leyen will have to deal with that. And, and, you know, as I said before, I think that means her rhetoric will be very different. We've already seen that. She will focus a lot more on competitiveness, on, uh, uh, on abolishing, um, getting rid of, of red tape. So at least verbally, I think the sound coming from the EU will be different. Uh, questions, obviously, will there be a coherent policy agenda like the Green Deal behind it? I think that would be one of the big questions of the term. 
Um, and we do know that, um, you know, there are currently reports being prepared on the single market and European competitiveness by Mario Draghi and Enrico Letta. I think there could be an agenda here that we will see that is quite different from the Green Deal agenda in the first term. Obviously, on the international uh, side of things, big question marks coming up with uh, a possible re-election for Trump and what the EU makes of it. Is there perhaps a war fatigue in terms of the war in Ukraine? Um, will we have a defense commissioner? So will there be more cacophony perhaps between a defense commissioner, a diplomat, um, a um, president of the council, president of the commission? So these are all open questions on the international side. But what I would conclude with is we should not forget that von der Leyen, um, when she approached her first term, had no idea that we would then have COVID, we would have uh, the Ukraine war, we would have a recession, we would have a conflict in the Middle East that completely changed the picture of everything we could expect from our first term. And I think in the same way, we should be cautious to to jump to conclusions about what her second term will look like, because I think with this kind of um, image of this kind of like um, situation that we're having on the global stage right now, um, things can change very quickly. So, and von der Leyen is a very reactive politician, meaning however her, her, her term will look different will probably be determined by any short-term events popping up on the global stage. Thank you very much, Nick. I am Evi Chiori and this was Euractiv's Beyond the Byline podcast. Visit Euractiv to stay on top of the latest news, sign up for our podcast newsletter, and if you haven't subscribed yet, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. This episode was produced by myself, Miriam Sainz de Tejada, and Nicoleta Yonta. Thank you for tuning in, and until next time. As part of our commitment to accuracy, inclusion and transparency, Euractiv is part of the Trust Project.